All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our episode podcast of Survivor LU Season 2 at Odds. We are joined today by my partner, Drew, in this whole adventure, uh, dissecting the rest of the season. Drew, how are you doing today? I am, you know, it's a great day to be here and talk about this episode. We have our first uh, player guest of the season, and I'm very excited to ask lots of questions to John. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I am excited to finally discuss just what's been going on with the whole season and kind of my perspective on things. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah. and we are also joined by production member extraordinaire, Nate. Nate, how are you today? I'm great. Excited to talk about this very entertaining episode. <laughs> I agree. I feel like that was the consensus on everything Drew was texting me that uh, this was a fantastic episode. He was watching it Saturday night. I was busy Saturday night, but I caught up just in time for this podcast. And yeah, wow, that was a that was quite the doozy for, um, for, <laughs> for what we had going on. We kind of immediately get thrown right into this gross food eating challenge. Um, and two tribes are going to tribal council. And before we get into any spoilers for what that entails, um, I kind of wanted to, to reel it back a little bit and Talk to John about his experience uh, before this entire episode. So, John, um, I want to know your experience on how you got casted, what interested you in going into Survivor LU, and, you know, what was the, what was the pregame process like for you, and what was your game plan going in? Yeah, so it's, it's really quite funny because I felt like I was torn between two halves of myself the entire time I was playing the game. And like prior to actually being casted, I had seen a lot more of the more recent seasons because I was really getting back into the show as it was starting to release more seasons. And I saw an advertisement for Survivor LU and I was like, I know nothing about this, but if it's anything like Survivor, I'm sure I'll have fun. Knew nobody involved. And uh, I treated the interview for it like it was a job because I did want it. I did want to participate in it because I thought it was going to be a lot of fun. And it's quite funny because going back to my uh, pregame interview, I said so many things about how I wanted to play the game. And I was just having so much fun that I literally did the exact opposite of what I said I was going to do. And it's because I was torn between like, do I actually want to win the game or do I want to have fun? And unfortunately, the fun side won. <laughs> right. I wouldn't so say you... unfortunately, that was fantastic television. <laughs> oh, it was great. a great way to come out because it was very fun to watch as a viewer. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Drew. Yeah. So when did you guys find out, like how long before the game did you guys find out that you were cast? Oh, um, I'm not sure exactly the timeline. It was at least a couple weeks beforehand. Nate, do you have any more insight as like from production on that? I don't know. Um, typically we let people know at least a week ahead of time, but I don't know for sure. Right, because it seems like, from what I've heard, John, that you did a lot of pregame prep uh, from some sign-up sheet or something. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. It's really quite funny because I did what a couple of the other players also did, like Jay for example, yes. and like Austin. They also did like pretty much the exact same thing that I did. Only uh, I was just kind of like looking at their profiles, kind of like friend requesting them on Facebook, but I only did it to like four or five people. And it the episode makes it look like it's this massive deal as though I've got like connect vast connections across like this entire game. And like it was a dumb move. Like I shouldn't have made it look like I had allies going into the game. I was just like, well, maybe I can get some sort of advantage by connecting with them early. And it was just a strategic mishap, but it's so funny how the episode phrases it as though I was this big villain, as though I was the one who really took the first shot. I'm pretty sure Jay High signed the document before me and actually I saw his name on there afterwards and he started following people and uh, at least stalking their social medias. It was quite funny. <laughs> That's awesome. So we get into the game and you immediately make a mess. Uh, tell <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, you find out that you're on a tribe of all guys. What were your thoughts on that? Honestly, I felt like it was going to be a lot of fun. Um, I did get the vibe straight off that these people were going to be competitive. I just didn't think it was going to be survivor competitive. I felt it was going to be more like they didn't know much about the game, but it was going to be more like, oh, physical games, like sports type of thing, that kind of competitive. And I was like, okay, so I can play more of the strategic uh, manipulative type game within my tribe. It's kind of what I thought going in. And I think a big mistake I made was, and it's, it's quite 
it, it came from arrogance, quite frankly. It was this idea that maybe I knew more or cared more about this game than the other players, which couldn't have been farther from the truth. Everyone in that game was really fighting, um, especially on my tribe. And I think that going into it, I had this bad mindset about my fellow uh, tribe mates that really kind of blinded me from the reality of how they were manipulating me. It was, it was really, really interesting to look back at it. I've actually learned a lot in my personal life just from my experience early on uh, within this game. I feel like that's kind of a, not necessarily a fault to yourself because this is season two and you guys yeah. don't really know what even happened in season one. I mean, you probably heard stories of what happened from production. Yeah. You might've like, you know, heard some things just from cast members who knew other cast members, but truly like you guys are still kind of the Guinea pig that comes, comes into like this production aspect. And like, from my experience hosting live games, season one, people, you know, it, it, it doesn't go really well. No one really knows what they're doing. And mm -hmm. the difference from what I did covering Survivor LU Season 1 was that these people hit the ground running. I don't know what you guys have in your water over in, in LU, but, like, you guys come to play. You live, breathe, and, like, consume Survivor. So I, I don't fault you at all for coming in naively thinking that because nobody knows how competitive these things can get. And... Um, I think, you know, you tried your best coming out swinging and, you know, you hit a few <laughs> ground balls maybe, but, you know, they were quickly fielded, so to speak. That was a pretty elaborate metaphor. Um, if I could just say one quick thing on that, yeah. I feel like it, it literally started within the first 15 to 20 minutes of like the game that I realized, yeah. oh, shoot. OK, I'm I'm thinking about how can I gain some form of an advantage like in that first challenge which had started within an hour of us arriving, kind of getting to know each other, divided into tribes. After I had done the ball throwing challenge, there's a moment that's not on screen, but I like lay down in the grass and like pretend as though I'm exhausted from the running, the sprinting back and forth to collect the, the balls to knock the blocks off the table. And the reality is I'm laying down and I'm looking under the tables to see if there's any papers under the, under the tables nice. to see if there's any kind of a clue to like literally from the moment that started, I was ready to hit the ground running. And you captured that energy perfectly, Dom, when you like saw how that was being played by everyone. And it wasn't just yeah. me. There's so yeah. many moments that weren't on camera where people are genuinely playing this macro level and this micro level game at the same time. It's so cool to watch. Oh, yeah, that's so fun. So uh, before we get to this episode, this current episode, let's talk, uh, John, about your time in the first two weeks before you were eliminated. And I have heard a rumor that I would like to have dispelled. I heard that you had a system of spreadsheets on other players. So the rumor is partially true, partially false. This idea that I had this intricate system in which I knew how players were going, it wasn't quite as it was made out to be. I started with my tribe and I had the intentions of really trying to track what people had told me and what I had heard from other players, just because mentally speaking, it's a lot of information. And I wanted to kind of keep that data organized. I'm a nerd. Spreadsheet helps organize that stuff. But um, obviously it's referenced later, but we'll talk about that when we get to this episode. Um, but it's not entirely false. There was a spreadsheet, but I only had about like two weeks worth of data from my own tribe and then like a couple individual people from other tribes. I wasn't like this vast information system. Yeah. That's interesting that um, you kind of had like a, a relationship where you might've talked to like one or two people from different tribes, but then we see other people fully embracing that like free reign that comes with these college survivors. What was your strategy when it did come to that? I feel like a lot of people, who watch survivor kind of like have these walls built up that like, mm. I can't do that. You know, I'm not allowed to talk to the other tribe, but like, did that play a factor in anything that you did? So it did to a certain extent. And I was more so after week one. So after week one, as I started seeing people being more strategic and being a little bit more direct, um, although I didn't personally feel at risk, I did see like really tough players. And I realized that I had, traveled a little too far into the knows what he's doing camp and i needed to kind of back my game up a little bit and i was fearful that if i continued down this path of trying to talk to as many people as possible from other tribes word would get out it, it i could only control so much information as we see with the the idol th 
information being thrown around. It's quite interesting how the episode actually phrases that or, or projects that. It makes it seem as though I really was the first one to share the idol with my whole tribe and everything, which is partially true, but it was predicated on my information and my knowledge that the other tribe leaders had already shared theirs. I had been lied to about that. And so it made me look like the person who threw the whole game under the bus. And it's it's very interesting how it's edited because... Uh, well, I'll talk more about that a little later, but it's just it's very interesting how that whole idol dynamic worked because uh, I only trusted Chadwick. And the next thing you know, I'm hearing rumors that the other leaders are telling their tribes. And I'm like, shoot, if anyone has a connection to another tribe, I have to get ahead of this. I have to tell my tribe. And mm-hmm. so I go forth telling my tribe and then I misspeak with the lie about the dice roll. And then I had to roll with it. I was like, shoot, what? I, like I misspoke with that and I had to just mm-hmm. roll with it. And that was a big turning point in the game. It literally just solidified to my tribe that I was manipulative and it was, it was terrible. <laughs> um, I should have just told them the truth, tried to like say, hey, guys, I had the clue. Maybe even said, hey, I have the idol. Let me just flush this out week one, week two. So that way I'm not a target because I really do want to work with you guys. Maybe that would have been a worse plan. Who knows? But that could have been a different strategy to take the heat off of me because it seems like week one, the heat was on me and I needed to like really show my loyalty. I mean, it does seem like you got one really loyal ally right off the bat. And I will say that I think it was a good move to pull Chadwick into that idol hunt because we saw that he was loyal to you until the end. So I do think that that was one one really good move. One really bad move that I would love to talk about is having the guys tribe and the girls tribe in a full tribe meeting with each other. Yeah, so that's another thing. Um, Our tribe had a group chat. Um, as most tribes do. It was just a group text. And generally speaking, we throw around a lot of jokes, but we'd also throw around genuine ideas. And sometimes the border is crossed. There's like this gray area of whether or not you know whether someone's being serious or whether they're joking. And I actually went back after watching how that episode was edited, where I look like I am playing way too hard. I was thinking, wow, is that really how people were perceiving that? And I went back and I looked at the group chat. And when I like initiated the idea and my tribe was enthusiastically on board, there was no hesitance. It's like my tribe was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I'm totally down. I'm 100 percent sure. Let's 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 do that. Maybe they won't fully trust us or anything, but it'll be good to make some of those connections early on as a tribe. And I'm like, OK, cool. And the real organization that I did was just trying to find a room. I found the conference room and then we get there. And then all of a sudden my tribe shuts up. They're like, okay, John, so why are we here? And I'm like, oh, come on guys. (laughs) They essentially throw me under the bus. And so it looks like, well, here's John controlling the meeting. And he's all of a sudden trying to turn two tribes against one in this early game. More so I was trying to form some like connections. Like, hey guys, let me get to know you better. Because I had known the groundwork was laid early on. I think Victoria was said in one of her confessionals that quote, the guy's tribe said, Oh, we were rooting for you during the challenge. That was me. I was the one who made that comment. I said, I'm rooting for you during this challenge. Uh, I think you guys are doing well because uh, Kalahari was being a little arrogant early on. And so I felt like the girls felt a lot of pressure and I wanted to kind of like be kind in that way. Um, Unfortunately, there was a lot of mishaps with that. And I, should have just kept my mouth shut. I shouldn't have tried to like be ambitious, but it, it's it's so funny like getting to talk to you guys after watching your analysis of my pregame and watching the analysis of the first two episodes. I've watched you guys' analysis and you guys have been spot on every single time. You guys have absolutely been correct that I've been playing too hard and that although I made egregiously bad strategic decisions, I was very good TV. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's all you can ask for is, yeah. is somebody's got to bring the heat and keep you tuning in each week. I don't know who's going to take your spot here on out. I think we have a pretty good cast, but it's going to be hard, hard place to fill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Nate, quick question for you going off of like the good TV kind of comment. I know being, being on production, you're seeing things happen and you're see- obviously you saw things that we didn't see. What was uh production what was production's reaction finding out about this meeting, full meeting between the two tribes and starting to get that footage in? Because I, if, if, if this happened, I would be like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anything that happens like that, you're just kind of excited for it. I mean, we saw a lot of that season one, too. There's always a fire starter who's going around causing problems in a good season, at least. So when you have someone like John who's going to be throwing all these crazy ideas out there and making them happen, it's like, this is so great. This is going to make the pre- <laughs> pre-merge so entertaining for all of us to watch. And unfortunately, it does come back to bite you oftentimes. But 
I mean, it's worth it on production side to see someone do it. Right. There's something that, John, you said that uh, kind of sticks out to me in a little bit different way that not a lot of people like kind of bring up in like college games. Like these are semester long games. You can talk to other tribe members. You can meet whenever you really want without other people knowing. And you can text. You can, you know, a lot of these conversations can happen electronically and virtually. And, you know, a lot of people can agree to something and you don't entirely get the vibe of that. Because, you know, to you, it could look like an entire tribe saying, yeah, let's let's join up when actually they're like, oh, my God, the rest of the tribe is wanting to meet up. I got to say, yeah. (laughs) So, like, I guess how often did that kind of play a factor? Have you noticed that at all? Um, kind of happen after, you know, analyzing your first couple weeks in the game. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting because like going into the seasons, like production tells us up front, like they would prefer that we do most of our strategy and discussion, the vast majority of it on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have to send a quick text to like organize a meeting or something, by all means. Um, so that was the extent to which there were some of those conversations. Yeah. But generally speaking, the group chats are pretty sparse. There's not a lot of strategy happening. It's generally speaking like, hey, let's organize this meeting. Let's go to dinner as a tribe or whatever. Um but it's very interesting kind of watching that play out. And I know I had a couple texts with individuals one-on-one just to inform them of like time sensitive information, like, Oh, Hey, I've got information. We need to beat up kind of thing, but nice. not yeah. a ton of strategy until it was in person. There's actually a lot of footage of me having one-on-ones with people that like is not shown at all. And it's very interesting because I almost couldn't get my story straight because I didn't know what information was going places. And I crashed right. and because of that. And that is something that we noticed. We were like, John is having to tell a lot of people a lot of information. And it seems like it's not always exactly 100% the same story. And we're kind of seeing that as well, not to like jump ahead too much. We've kind of seen that with people like CK as well, Mm. where he's having to tell a lot of people the same information or like pretend to be shocked and kind of the same thing with Ethan as well. So I'm interested to see how how they are going to be able to play that off. Oh, I'm loving watching up until this this episode's how CK's playing. And I have to say this, huge shout out to CK because CK was playing the game that I wanted to play. Like the way that he's playing as far as like maintaining control, he's doing what I tried to do, but he's successful. <laughs> he, he knows what he's doing, right? And he truly does have a grasp on his tribe. I mean, we see a couple of his tribe members really get the vibe that maybe they're being manipulated, but what can they do about it? Because he's in right. control and it's, quite impressive to watch how much handle he has not just within his own tribe but other tribes and that's kind of the game i wanted to play and just failed to do so well before we jump into a quick recap of the of episode three is there anything else john that we should know about your time in the game leading up to this episode anything we didn't see behind the scenes stuff anything else you want to share yeah so it's quite interesting um one quick thing going into episode three um the first two weeks i really felt like had a really solid grasp and solid connection with pretty much everyone on my tribe i generally had a read on people who i wasn't sure if i could trust but my general reading going into episode three or going into week three rather was ethan is a wild card i can't quite figure out how much of survivor he knows and how much he doesn't or how hard he's playing or how hard he cares like i really couldn't read it austin's similar but he's not as wild, has much of a wild card, but I don't know how much of Survivor he knows and how hard he's playing. Andrew, I had got a little bit of a hint that he knew that we were gunning for him. And so I knew that maybe he wanted me gone. But I thought, eh, he's in the minority as long as I have the numbers. And then Jay High, I wanted to work with. Chadwick, I knew I had in my pocket. And like I 100% was certain that if I went down, at least I'd have Chadwick. And uh, I was right about that. But it's like very, very cool to see how that plays out. Yeah. yeah. I also want to take a quick note before we get into it. It's really interesting that you said that you had a lot of footage of your one-on-one chats and the way that mm. it was edited. Because we see you bragging about your social game. <laughs> yeah. And to us as the viewer, it literally only seems like you sit down with your a big group say what you need to say, and then go, man, I'm playing a fantastic social game. Yeah, it's right now. Yeah. But we don't really get to see some of those one-on-one connections that you have actually formed. So I also want to give credit where credit's due, that um, 
at any point, if we talk about somebody that you have had those one-on-one connections with, feel mm. free to chime in and say, yeah, and, and, and explain that connection and that game move that you had, because you need a lot of redemption in this podcast. I feel like, yeah. I feel like you got a lot of redemption. I disagree. I don't think you need any redemption. You're at the top <laughs> of my list, honestly. <laughs> but I also want to say, because going out with an idol is never fun. I've done it before mm. in some games. I've done it. Yeah. It's, it's never fun, but it goes to also show the trust that you may have had with those people. Mm. Um, so moving into this episode right away, yes. we have our food eating challenge disgusting your tribe oh so bad allegedly threw it because austin cannot eat hot sauce how (laughs) does that feel that you were that big of a threat to that somebody that they threw the challenge to get rid of you i actually when i had heard this for the first time um i won't say who because it's a spoiler another player in the future told me that they had thrown the challenge it said, oh, I heard that your tribe threw the challenge. And I was, I laughed so hard when I found this. Out. I was like, are you serious? They saw me as such a threat that they didn't want to maintain our tribe, that they felt the need to rush tribal council to get me out of the game as quickly as possible. Man, how bad of a villain I must have been. And it was, it made me laugh so hard, just kind of finding that out and seeing the kind of confirmations from everyone. Um, like seeing Andrew talk about it, seeing Austin talk about it, seeing Jai talk about it. Like those three actually Ethan as well. All four of them were all kind of in agreement that they were going to throw the challenge. And I was shocked to find out this news because I had no clue about it. I do want to mention something in the challenge, which is very interesting. And it's not in the footage at all. Um, I, and it was discussed after afterwards because of the amount of individuals we had on our tribe, there were individuals who had to go again, who had to drink another disgusting cup of junk. I was ready to take one for the team. I was ready to go. I was like, let's do it. Let's take another cup. And keep in mind, it was horrible, but I did Mm. not want my tribe to lose. I truly was like fighting for this. And I was like, does anybody else want to do it? I'm down if if not. And Jay high goes, no, 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 it's good. It's okay. It's okay, dude. I got it. I got it. And (laughs) the reason he had to take that is because they had to throw the challenge. And I mean, it was communicated to me later that, plan was to throw it and if i had one more shot that plan could have been out the window if i had actually succeeded and so they couldn't allow that to happen they had to play the no no no, it's okay it's okay i'll, I'll take one for the team and jay i did it just to get me out it's so funny <laughs> that's crazy yeah so we go into this challenge it's an eating challenge and also we find out that two tribes are going to have to go to tribal this week mm-hmm. and we see for the first time the guys tribe loses and the girls' tribe loses, and the tribe Kalahari, Kalahari Kalahari finally wins an immunity. That was great. We finally got to see them be at peace for a week. Uh, let's briefly go into the girls' tribe, uh, Tiwi. <laughs> Madeline basically quits. That's all. <laughs> Dom's favorite player. <laughs> 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 quits the game week three. After not even doing anything the first two weeks. I laughed so hard when I saw that. When when I saw his uh, pregame assessment, I was like, "Oh, buddy!" <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. That was really that was really a rough one to see. Um, I kind of had high hopes, but the lack of footage that we saw in the first two episodes, I could do nothing but really hype her up as much as possible um, because you know that was a very bold winner pick uh, and <laughs> kind of went down the. I'm. I'm yeah, that was that was brutal to see happen. Um, however, I will give her where credit credit where credit is due. Um, you know, you don't really know what you're signing up for when you get to that stuff. And she did miss the very pivotal first, you know, challenge where you kind of get that vibe and that energy and hit the ground running. Where I think the only thing that you know her first exposure to the game was John calling everybody into the room. So like with that being her first like big strategizing session i feel like that can also be very overwhelming however um i if if it it takes really big guts to be able to acknowledge the fact that you can't participate to the fullest extent and it already sucks that you know from the production side of things but i would you know as a producer i would rather have somebody you know leave rather than somebody who wants to be there so madeline it was a pleasure to see you play um i hope you're enjoying your time on the edge of extinction and can't wait to see you come back (laughs) 
at merge um but yeah yeah <laughs> anyway so no, it, was, think, it was a bummer you know it was while it is always a bummer to see somebody you know volunteer to be voted out uh technically it wasn't a quit but um she did volunteer to be voted out i think that that was a huge pro for melanie and Haley because as we saw there on the bottom it their tribe dynamics it was kind of like the three on the top being delaney victoria sophie and then melanie and Haley on the bottom and madeline kind of like maybe a fourth in the majority we didn't really get to see that so now it's a three to two um but anything could happen because victoria and delaney are kind of iffy on sophie now and sophie uh we saw it's kind of like uh, I think on the on the next time on, it was like, yeah, I'm out for blood. Like, I'm I'm ready. So I'm interested to see how that develops. We could have a swap soon, which I think would be really fun for Melanie and Haley, maybe to get some some room to move around. But uh, yeah, uh, anything else about Tiwi? I do have a question for Nate, and I kind of want to know to what extent the girls' tribe may have like considered you know keeping madeline and just you know mm. wine siding somebody else like how how close was it to that or was it pretty cut and dry i think for the most part the three girls at the top were kind of just cool with it i know melanie was one of the people that considered can i make a move this week and take out someone else and then madeline might still quit like how can i increase the number of people leaving the game like right now yeah um yeah, so I think Melanie considered that. I don't know if people really considered it that like seriously though, just because they wanted to respect her wishes. But yeah. it was definitely thrown out there a couple times. Interesting. That's interesting yeah. that Melanie thought of that as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I kinda I, I figured she might, you know, run with it and Delaney or somebody would have, you know, or Sophie would have come up with something well and we do see that melanie tells madeline like hey you can write my name down so like i mean she was pretty confident that like yeah the votes are all going on madeline so like somebody has to whatever so but i think madeline that, did not have yeah, the idol i do think what we are seeing from melanie which i'm finding very interesting is while she isn't getting a ton of screen time i do think that we're seeing her kind of be almost the opposite of john where she's just like sitting back and she's taking in a lot of the information and she's taking time and analyzing and especially hearing that from Nate about her considering making a move. I think Melanie might be a person to watch out for moving forward in in a swap kind of situation because I think we're starting to see that she's really good at thinking through things and analyzing situations. So I'm really interested to see Melanie moving forward. I agree. I think Melanie is one of those players that are really you know, kind of easy to get rid of at the beginning of, you know, a game. However, if you let them run a couple rounds, if they survive those couple votes, you can see like, you know, them be pretty like lethal to the, to people who didn't take at the time of day to really like consider them as players. So um, yeah, I think she could cause some damage in the future. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on quickly, I guess, to Kalahari. I'm not sure if there's a ton to say about Kalahari this week. They didn't go to Tribal. Most of the confessionals we got from them, especially from, like, Hallie and Adris, were just kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to not go to Tribal. Yeah. <laughs> I will say Hallie is really coming into her own in the yes. confessional booth. She has some killer liners, and mm-hmm. I am quickly becoming a fan of her. She doesn't oh, I love have, her. I, I'm so glad she's come a long way from the pregame interviews where, you know, production had to like coach her along for name occupation age all that <laughs> stuff so um but she's really she i feel like she is somebody that's really fun to watch come into the game of survivor probably without any knowledge of what's happening um kind of similar to what john experienced but she's doing it in a completely different way yep um all right if we don't have anything else on Kalahari. We do have CK meeting up with Andrew and having that. Yes. I don't is know. Really conversation. Is CK really Kalahari though, or is he just CK? I think yeah. he's his own <laughs> island. Yeah. It was a very interesting interview or conversation between CK and Andrew because Andrew really does seem like he's two weeks behind and like, yep just seemed very excited to be the one to tell CK information that he's had since probably episode one and didn't even consider the fact that CK was like, really? <laughs> like no emotion whatsoever. So I, I, it's really kind of throwing up red flags for Andrew's game. And honestly for CK, it really just seemed like 
I don't know, just having a conversation. I feel like his one-on-one conversations are just like easy to come by now. And you just have, he's just having them now to like, kind of like have fun, (laughs) you know, like. Right. Kind of, kind of moving into um, the guy's tribe. Masai, is that the name? Mm -hmm. I finally got him. Yes. Um, Andrew is stressing me because he, you can tell that he wants to play and he like wants to play hard and he wants to play fast. And I think because of that, he's like willing to give up that information so easily to CK and feel good about everything. When I don't think he really has very much room to feel comfortable doing things like that, considering that he's probably the next one to go out on the guy's tribe if they don't swap. Um, but I'm finding Andrew's gameplay actually really interesting because a lot of I think he kind of falls into the category that a lot of super fans fall into when they go on sur- on real Survivor, where they overplay very quickly because they're just so excited to get into it. So I'm finding Andrew's gameplay interesting, but I am worried for his um, stay in the game. It may I've... be that he felt a little bit more comfortable playing that way because he saw how big of a threat I was. Because, I mean, obviously he was a little bit in the know of how much people wanted me gone. And so he probably felt as though he could postpone his worries about his exit so he could play a little bit more of that direct game at least that was my internal game perspective it seemed like he just was willing to go hard and it felt because he probably had a certain degree of comfort because of that i feel to some extent i feel like he went pretty hard at austin in week one for he did like the first confessional that we saw after the week one challenge was andrew being like i want austin out like i don't know yeah He's he's playing, and I mean, if he's he can, make it, if he can, if he can make it a couple more weeks, good for him. I think Andrew kind of has like the chaotic, like neutral that Nate brought to season one. Um, oh yeah, of just like kind of being able to like, I, I feel like Nate did it like a little bit better, and you know, recovered a lot better in certain situations. But if Andrew can survive like a swap or like survive until a swap. I feel like he would be a great number for somebody and just be able to play like accordingly and just, you know, run it from there. So I'm not counting him out just yet, but he's pretty low in terms of, uh, in terms of guy tribe. I messed up the name Masai. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would say also I would, I'm a little bit worried for Chadwick. I mean, we just saw Chadwick's closest ally get voted out and we really haven't seen Chadwick talking to many of the other guys in one-on-ones because from what we understand, he's a straightforward person. He's going to be honest and loyal and tell the truth. And he was with John. John's gone. So now he's by himself. I mean, the four other people voted essentially against his alliance. So I'm interested to see where Chadwick goes from here. I don't know if he's going to pull, you know, a Rupert and Pearl Islands with a who voted for me and like go into all of that or if he's going to be able to take the time and step back and recover and form new relationships i think chadwick is probably the person in this tribe who would benefit the most from a swap just Mm -hmm. because i think he's probably the person on the tribe who's playing the least hard from what we've seen i don't know john would you say that's accurate that out of out of everybody remaining at this point chadwick was probably playing the least aggressively especially in our tribe. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily he was playing the least aggressively overall because he definitely had a lot of great one-on-ones with me where he was getting a lot of information from other tribes and like relaying it back to me, which was excellent for my game. But the problem is people knew that he was with me, so they were feeding Mm -hmm. him what they wanted me to know. They were feeding him the information that kept me in the dark for when I got voted out. There's So, so many layers. Oh, it's yeah. it's crazy how deep this goes because Chadwick was very trusting of CK. Chadwick trusted CK almost as much as he trusted me. Um, he told me that he wanted to be a final two with me and he'd love to have CK in a final three, but he trusted CK a little too much to relay information to him. He These people are so delusional that. about CK. It's crazy. <laughs> He's I'm, in no, baby. <laughs> I'm in no position to comment on other yeah. players' delusional actions. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Nate, I, I'm curious what your opinions are, having played season one and having observed from the sidelines season two and kind of seeing it come to fruition. Um, was your game this layered with so much like, you know, cross tribe chatting, cross, um, 
you know, alliances and going that stuff going on, or was it pretty much just cut and dry? Like Tigers versus uh, I forget the blue tribe, but I remember Tigers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it yeah. was it was a lot more straightforward for us where like aside from the people that came into the game already knowing someone, which it didn't really matter that much because they didn't work together, we basically acted like we were on different islands. Like we didn't interact with the other tribe at all until we swapped. So it was a lot more like of the tribe versus tribe mentality and that carried through the entire end of the game too. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to see the dynamic being completely different for season two where people are like not even caring about others interacting across tribe and stuff like that. I'm curious if this is just like a, a, a consequence, I guess, or, a, or an action because of the um, three tribe dynamics, because there's only so many people that you can talk to. And mm -hmm. when you have these larger tribes, you can, you know, I don't have, have more conversations and stuff, but when you only have like four or five other people to talk to, you kind of start to branch out a little bit. Um, did you, John, did you think that kind of played a factor into it? Was that anything, you know, the three tribe factor come into like your, your thought process on who you could talk to and stuff? It definitely played a factor into it. Cause again, not week one, cause week one, I really overplayed, but week two, I started trying to course correct a little bit absent that big meeting. I tried to course correct a little bit in some of my one-on-ones and some of my discussions, but I realized that I didn't want to spread myself too thin and who I was reaching out to it's, can I make my moves powerful and strategic in the right direction? And Obviously, that didn't play out the way I wanted it to, but that was like my thought process. And I really wanted to kind of like mostly focus in on my tribe while trying to pull in maybe one or two people from each of the other tribes, but not really like trying to make this vast connection. Because I feel like this idea of like, if you spread yourself too thin and you're reaching out to everyone, it only makes you a bigger threat. And that was kind of the dynamic of if there's three tribes, there's so many possibilities of who you could talk to. And I guess I was naive enough to think that maybe the other players would have my same mindset of, well, maybe we shouldn't spread ourselves too thin when in reality, it seems like a lot of people were finding a lot bigger connections cross tribe than I did. Mm. Gotcha. All right. So let's get to this vote or leading up to the vote. So I was kind of confused in the episode as to whose idea this vote split was, because I know that Andrew talked about it, but I think Ethan and Jay high also talked about it. In confessionals, so I'm not quite sure, Nate, if you know, or John, I guess, if either of you know who kind of originated that plan. In my mind, it was probably Jay High, but I don't know who who came up with this plan to split it two and two, and because they knew about John's idol. I think it might have been Ethan, to be honest. I know that Ethan okay. and Jay High were the greater drivers, but I think it might have actually been Ethan, which is very telling, considering that in week one we don't see him playing that hard. Right. Well, and and Jay High is the super fan. Ethan's yeah, exactly. Not the super fan. But Ethan's the one who prompts this idea of splitting the vote, which is a very strategic season survivor decision on the yeah. basis of an unknown regarding an idol. And it's very interesting to see Ethan like kind of initiate that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but I do believe that Ethan the Ethan was the one to initiate that. It very much got like it began with the last episode with that meeting with C.K. Delaney and Ethan. And eventually Austin too. That was kind of where the idea, I mean, they all wanted John out at that point. So that's kind of where the idea came from to kind of throw the challenge to get him out. And then Ethan and Austin, and I think Jay High very much too, were all kind of very involved with the planning to split the vote and get <laughs> John out of the game. Right. So that plan is set forward with the, the four of Ethan, Jay High, Austin, and Andrew. Andrew gets worried, and I think rightfully so. <laughs> and pulls a couple people aside and says like hey you guys have to be in on this because i'm going out if you're not and everybody's like andrew you're fine and andrew's like but what if i'm not fine and mm -hmm. it's it's very much that like he's playing a he's playing like a super fan i love it i think it's so much fun mm -hmm. um we see the vote kind of go off the way that the majority had said it uh john you were blindsided completely blindsided yes, yes. Um, there was a little bit of like a very small amount in the back of my head. Like, obviously in my confessionals, I'm like, Oh, I'm a hundred percent safe. I know exactly what's happening. Cause to be honest, it would have looked really cool if I had called it and I was right, but I wasn't. So, uh, arrogance, uh, bit me in the butt there, but, um, very funny to like, 
um, project that when in reality, I was only about 70% confident in my decision to not play the idol. There was still like this 30% of me that was like, ooh, maybe I should play it because maybe there's a lot of unknowns and maybe by playing it, I'll learn a lot about who is and isn't on my side. And that should have been my thought process, but more so than confidence in my assessment, it was more so a strategic decision on the future because I had no idea what the next week held. And mm -hmm. I had no idea if I was going to need that idol later. I have no idea what week four is going to hold. Maybe there's a emerge. Maybe there's a tribe swap. I have no idea. And so I have to hold on to that idol. And that was a big factor in the decision to hold on to it. And so I kind of had to go all in on my plan of like trusting my tribe. Like this is the plan. It's very cool because you see like the change in my facial expression in the beginning of tribe, yep. I, I, I'm sitting back. I'm relaxed. Like if you if you go back and rewatch the footage, I'm sitting back. I'm almost like just waiting to see if my plan succeeds. And then you see the split. And the first time my name is written down, I'm like, oh, my, I can't trust anyone but Chadwick. Like at that point, I knew Chadwick hadn't betrayed me, but that was the only person I was certain with the moment I saw my name come up once. It was crazy. Did you oh, did you have time. like a, a a nerve like like did you have a gut feeling going into that revote that it was going to be you or was it? Oh, absolutely! It wasn't even just a gut feeling. I can say with a hundred percent certainty that the moment I realized that I had been lied to to the point of having not one vote but two votes, I was like, oh, between who was be between who was on the chopping block, me, Andrew, and Chadwick, I would vote me out, and that's how I knew I was going to go home. Dang. Right. Yeah. I mean, and had to, to be fair, had you played the idol, Chadwick would have gone out. Yes. And regardless of whether there's a swap or not coming up in the next week, if there's not a swap, you're done unless you find yeah. another idol and you guys lose because they're going to throw again, probably. Yeah, exactly. If you guys do swap, I think at least the girls tribe, if not both of the other tribes were kind of ready to let you go. So oh, I think oh, that yeah. this is this was the more fun way for you to go out in my mind. <laughs> for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, everyone wants to have that moment where they say, uh, Grace, actually, I have an idol, but you know, <laughs> I couldn't uh, have that moment because I was waiting to use it at the right moment. And uh look how that got me. So John, um is a right moment on the horizon. Nate, do we have like a second chances coming up for Survivor LU or is, is John's ship sailed? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. I can't, I can't confirm or deny. Okay. Well, all I'll say is if I'm offered the opportunity, I feel like I'd have a blast and I would definitely want to do it again. I'm here for it. So I'm here for uh, it too. if anybody, whoever's watching from your Survivor LU team, Nate, please relay the message. I want a John round two <laughs> um, but drew i think we just wrapped up we talked about yep. our elimination let's get into these points let's divvy them up oh uh, yes i'm kind of all over i'm at a loss so i think i think i think instead of this week of going off of who played the best in this episode because i feel like we didn't really get a lot of standout players in this episode i'm gonna go kind of with my gut and the vibes so I'm going to start off by giving my three points this week to Austin because I just think that he killed it this week and last week, and I think he's positioned well. He's not a threat to anybody. He's a good number for his alliance. He's in that cross-tribal alliance that he was kind of pulled into. He's the least threatening person in that alliance. He's in a good spot on his tribe. I'm giving three points to Austin. Nate, who are you giving three points to? I would also give it to Austin because I think – from the beginning, he said he wanted to play dumb. And if he wasn't doing that, I don't know if people would have actually bought his Oscar-worthy performance at the food challenge. I think that the fact that he said, I can't do hot, like that's such a dumb thing to say, but people are like, oh, it's Austin. Like, I believe it. So I think <laughs> the fact that he's doing, set, he set himself up so well that I have to give him three points. I love that. Dom? I I am kind of right in your boat, so I'll do my three and two points. My three yeah. points are going to go to Ethan because I feel like everything that came to fruition today was a lot of what he set up last week, and we really saw like the pieces fall perfectly into place without him having to give a lot of explanation for it. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we didn't really get to see, but we didn't really need to see. You know, like I feel like he set this play up pretty perfectly to come off this week. 
And my two points, I'm going to go to Austin because without, you know, Ethan may have like had that alliance, but Austin helped sell the narrative for it. So I would say two points for you, Austin. Uh, Nate, where are your two points going? Yeah, I'm going to give my two points to Ethan just because week two, he sets his sights on John and then week three, he pulls the trigger. Like he does exactly what he intends to do. I'm going to give my two points to Jay High because I feel like Jay High has been doing a lot behind the scenes that we haven't necessarily seen on camera. And every guest that we've had on here, plus, you know, things that I'm hearing and seeing, I just think Jay High is putting in a lot more work than maybe is being shown on camera. And he's like a lot of people's second in command. Like, we know he's close with CK. He was in the majority this week. He's, you know, part of these ideas to throw challenges and split votes. So I think I'm going to give my two to Jay High. Um, and then my last one, I have four names written down. So <laughs> I'm going to see where you guys go first before I make my decision. Uh, Nate, where's your head at? Yeah, I'm going to give my one point to Idris just because we could have very easily lost the girls that they sucked at another challenge. And Idris is, I think, the only person who might have gone more than one other tribe. So he definitely carried them that respect and want that challenge. And he gave some pretty interesting confessional footage too, so why not? Yeah. Dom, we already know you're giving your point to Madeline. <laughs> I was gonna say it was a genius move, but voting yourself out of the game so that you can, you know, win your way back in. It's, you know, you get to avoid, you get your Monday nights back and all you have to do is show up to a merge challenge or a final six challenge and you know you're back in. So my, no, I'm kidding. My, my last point is going to somebody on the girls team though, or TV tribe. I really want to give it to Delaney because I feel like she really set herself up in this position on her tribe where she didn't have to really like do much whatsoever. You know, I mean, Madeline did volunteer, but I feel like she um, was in on that play um, to get John out just as much as everybody else is. And, you know, I feel like it could be a split between her and CK, but I've given CK enough love these past couple of weeks. Uh, I think Delaney deserves, you know, my last point. Delaney was one of the names I had written down, uh, so I'm not going to give it to her because she's gotten a point. Um, I'm, I'm torn. I think I'm going to go with Hallie um, because who's going to vote out Hallie? That is like, a <laughs> Like, I just, I don't know. It was between, for me, it was between Hallie and Melanie because I think Melanie's starting to warm up and I'm liking what she's starting to give, but she's still in such a position where she could just be sniped out if they lose the next challenge. Whereas I think if Kalahari loses that next challenge, it's probably Lily going out instead of Hallie. Mm -hmm. um, like, like I said, who's going to vote out Hallie? Like, she's not threatening anybody. She's getting into the, like, the competitive nature of the game. I am living for Hallie. And Hallie, I promise this is not because you posted the clip of me roasting you on your Instagram story. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so that is where we are at for the week. Don, any other thoughts? Yeah, I just kind of want to know, uh, John, before we, we sign off for the night, um, take yourself back to that fateful night of uh, getting your torch snuff. I want to know, uh, at that point, who did you think was playing the best game on each tribe? And, um, yeah, give us a little bit of insight on what your thoughts were at that point without potentially spoiling anything. Uh, oh, certain. Because I, I only know so much. Believe it or not, a lot of the other people who kind of got voted out pre-merge have really – they really know a lot more past when they got voted out. Fortunately, I can't spoil much because a lot of what I know is kind of hearsay. Haven't seen footage, haven't seen early releases or anything. So I'll be watching it live with you guys. Uh, really excited because I have no idea what's coming. So nice. uh, take take my observations with a grain of salt. But um, I knew that the moment I had been voted out, Ethan was playing really hard on my tribe. Because I, that week especially, I mean, when I trust him with the information with the idol, when I try to pull him in because I thought that he was concerned about the guy-girl tribe thing, I was like, okay, Ethan's playing very hard. CK. Uh, CK was making a lot of connections cross tribe. And I kept hearing his name multiple times from multiple people. And I'm like, geez, this guy is really playing the game hard. And only now am I seeing his perspective and it's confirming my suspicions that he really was playing the game hard. And third, I wasn't really sure about the all girls tribe. I was a little bit secluded from them. 
Um, I wanted you to had say, a whole tribe meeting with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but after that tribe meeting, they kind of excommunicated me. A lot of them really didn't really communicate with me except for that minor interaction with Victoria. And um, I think that my thoughts with that was it was either Sophie or Delaney. I didn't really know. Uh, I was kind of torn between the two because that's, I mean, coming from where I was at there, I didn't really know uh, who was playing uh, hard there. Um, I will say this, that vote out taught me not just so much about how to play this game. So if I were to play this again or future games that are similar to this, it taught me a lot about life. And it taught me a lot about how to read people in general. There have been real people in my life who have been manipulating me and I have been able to spot it. I've been able to cut it off. I've been able to put a stop to it, have a conversation with it instead of being dragged down into drama in my real personal life, all because of the fact that I was too trusting in this game and learned my lesson because of it. Getting burned is a great way to learn lessons in the real world. And uh, it definitely had a real effect on me. It's really cool. That's awesome. that is really cool to hear. Yeah. yeah, that is awesome to hear. Nate, what can we look forward to moving forward in the season? Without Yeah, so anything? obviously John was like the big target for everyone. So someone has to become the new, new target. Obviously, everyone's kind of thrown out a couple names, but only time will tell. And obviously, we have Sophie kind of on the revenge path, potentially, in the future. And who knows what's going to happen? A tribe swap could be coming. Maybe not. I guess we'll have to see. Next time on Survivor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, Drew, do we want to do bold predictions? Because I'm oh, let's shy. just do a one really quick, like absolutely absurd one. Um, <laughs> my, extinction. My prediction is that uh, something really bold. Sophie is going to idle out someone in a swap. That is, I I don't think that's bold. I think that's a very realistic uh, outcome that we could see. I feel I I was gonna say the exact same thing. I no, you weren't. I no, I was. I was. I was gonna say that she is gonna be on a revenge path. I think we have a swap coming up, and um, I think we might see a similar situation happen that happened over on. In season one, I forget who got screwed over on that vote, but uh, I remember <laughs> that tribal very well. So I think we might see a similar situation play out that way. A new idol will be coming, hopefully coming into the game. So I think uh, we'll, we'll see Jay High or Ethan or even Andrew be all over. If that. Andrew or Chadwick get that idol, it could be a whole other mess. I would. So that's going to be in play, and whatever havoc. Uh, Mr. CK Hans has up his sleeve. It's Imagine Sophie be. idols out CK. I'll scream. No. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, that's all that we have for today. Everybody who tuned in for this uh, whole um, dialogue discussion that we had set up, thank you for tuning in. Um, we do have a new episode coming out Saturday, I believe. Nate, can you confirm? Yep, Saturday, 8 p.m. Saturday, 8 p.m. on Survivor LU channel on YouTube. Be sure to check that out. Follow all their social media for all the updates. Follow all of Live Reality Games uh, socials for all those updates as well. It was great talking to you, John. John, it was a pleasure to finally be able to meet you face-to-face. -face. Um, Nate, it's always a pleasure. Drew, what? hang in there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you guys but, so much for having me. It was yeah, an absolute pleasure. Of course. I hope to have you on for some more future discussion. If you're not spoiled on the season, we need a guest. You're more than welcome to pop in. But that's all from us tonight. Have a great Tuesday night and happy June. <laughs>